right, what is up, everyone? This is the Good Morning Liberty Podcast live at Freedom Fest in South Dakota. My name is Nate Thurston. To my left is Charles Chuck Thompson. And to my right, a guy that you might recognize, or at least his voice anyway, because he's been on the podcast a bunch of times, Rob Chatfield, the CEO of Free to Choose Network. Rob, how are you doing today? Absolutely wonderful. Nate and Charlie, thanks so much for having me. And to meet you guys in person, on site, I can't tell you what a pleasure this is for both me and your viewing audience today. <laughs> it's, it's a real honor for us. Yeah. yeah. You're so much, uh, you're, you're taller than I, than I thought you would be. I, I'm truth. almost as tall as Charlie, actually. It's, it's, uh, it's, it, look, people don't some, get that. There's know? some tall libertarians running around here. I think. We, we I notice, by that. the way, normally, like, I, as I said, you know, I'm, I'm an above average height kind of guy. Around here, out in the West like this, you're like, there's some, I don't know if it's the cowboy boot heels, what it is, but there's, I, I'm not the tall guy in the room. Okay, so uh, I want to, I want to get, I want to, first off, like Charlie just said, this is the first time this is going to happen, okay? Now, normally when we speak, it's all, we just agree on everything, and I have to say, I'm, we're going to have a nice co- talk about corporate welfare today, yeah. and and it's mm-hmm. not, now we'll probably agree on the principle, of course, we will, because we agree on those, <laughs> uh, but I thought it'd be really fun to have a talk about the, the documentary, and maybe not the, the same kind of talk about the documentary that you were going to have, although we are open to, to everything, of course. They haven't even seen the film yet. They're already complaining oh, I about it. it. <laughs> I watched it, and I took down notes while I was Marjorie's, watching it. my PR person, so sent you the she film, didn't she? Yeah, what she was she thinking? Yeah. That's a great film. Yeah, like, it's, well, really, and it's really well done. It will debut. Uh, the worldwide premiere is here at uh, Anthem Film Festival at Freedom Fest Saturday morning. Um, so anybody who's in town can come watch it, and then it's going to be on September 5, public television. We just got the announcement today, nice. uh, I believe 7 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time, but we'll make sure you get that for your uh, uh, podcast that you can post on to. Yeah. That's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Now, That's I, awesome. I, I don't think that, that everyone who listens to our podcast will even agree with, with our standpoint on this, but, um, you know, before we get into that, why don't you let everyone know exactly what this is, what this is covering and uh, the purpose behind it and all that. Uh, so corporate welfare, where's the outrage? We really were looking for an issue that the left nor the right can own. So that was actually the premise for mm-hmm. this, was is, what are some issues out there that are just where, where, where both sides are wrong? And, and so we, we came across this issue thinking this would be a pretty nice place to start to. If you think about wealth redistribution, income inequality, those are hot button issues. I have yet to see anybody say, you know, the poor and the middle class, they really ought to be supporting the rich even more. <laughs> and I think that was sort of the premise behind the, the concept for this year. Yeah, so we, we've always been, and, uh, you know, I think Charlie agrees with this too. Um, we, we don't like ta- taxation. Itself, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, you might agree with that. Also, I, I don't think the taxes are an overall good thing, really. Especially, I don't like taxes on businesses. The, I don't like taxes on production, correct, at, um, at all. And so, when it comes to corporate welfare, could you tell us exactly what you mean by that? Are you talking direct money reductions in taxes? A little bit exactly. of both. And okay. I, I want to start with, A, we wanted to change the narrative. The, the film is called Corporate Welfare on Purpose because we want to call it what it is. People, uh, I, I'm trying to get rid of a certain phrase out there. So I might use cronyism or I might use corporate welfare, but I'm never going to use that other phrase that's out there ever again. Um, and, and the reason for that is it's, it's government doling out some favor to somebody. And if you look at it from that angle, that's the exact definition of welfare. 
I, I, I do agree with that. Charlie, where are you at, where are you at on this? Yeah, uh, so, I mean, I guess I could tell you what I believe, um, which is, Nate alluded to it there, which is, um, if you look at the at the bottom of it all, um, the one of the first principles is you own yourself, right? And we believe in personal property rights, okay? So you you I come from the standpoint of if we think or believe that that taxation is theft or whatever you want to say, um, even though we probably will never get rid of them, um, then the way I look at corporate welfare is, if a government is taking money, taxes, from regular people or even small businesses or middle-sized businesses and then handing a check over to a larger corporation, then I'm definitely against that. But if, if the government makes a deal with Amazon or Ikea or whoever and says, hey, we're not going to collect property taxes for 40 years, I, don't, I can't get mad that Ikea was able to avoid the theft. IKEA should absolutely do that, but who really is paying for that? The fact that they're not collecting the taxes essentially means that as the tax levels rise, everybody else is going to pay for that. In the IKEA story, within the film, by the way, in Memphis, Tennessee, the, the powers that be decided they were going to give IKEA a tax break for coming there, and IKEA was going to have a certain number of jobs created at a certain level of wages, and that's always the plan, if you will. This is retail, folks. If you need a subsidy to start a retail business, something is absolutely wrong with your business model. But power to Ikea. If they're going to hand me the money, I should probably take it, right? But, okay, so let me ask you, if if can we call a reduction in the amount of theft that you're, that is happening, can we call that a subsidy? Is it a true subsidy? Absolutely. In this particular instance here, and I'll go right back to this case story here, it, you literally had a furniture store in that town that went out of business. Because Ikea came in, people bought X amount of furniture from Ikea that they didn't buy from one of those other stores. Guy lost his business. We feature a couple of, of those stories within the film. One company's still around. They're still doing better. They, they pay more. They employ more than Ikea does. But they got to subsidize Ikea. And so if uh, so, I, Ikea puts this Ikea puts this company out of business. And the idea would be, if you're a fan of corporate welfare, the subsidies, that if they wouldn't have done that, then Ikea wouldn't have moved into Memphis, potentially. They wouldn't have moved into Memphis. The, the concept, of course, is, is that if somebody's out there dangling a, uh, an incentive for you, please come, come bring your business to my neighborhood there then somebody else is going to compete against that and throw out a bigger carrot, if you will. And now all of a sudden you get these competing governments against each other. And I get what you're going for, by the way, Charlie and Nate both. You know, hey, if the tax level was zero for these people, but I'd want it zero for everybody. Yeah. And all yes. of a sudden now you're trying to pick and choose the winners. Literally, in this instance here, they were picking the store as a winner, as Ikea. Yeah, and, and what I worry about with this... All right, everyone, I want to tell you guys about our sponsor, BetterHelp. On this show, we talk about life, liberty, in the pursuit of meaning, and it's really hard to pursue that meaning if there's something getting in the way. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. This is an app. It's a site. You can download it. You can go to the website, and they will connect you with the therapist after they ask you a few questions. That way, they compare you with the person that works best for you. And if you don't want that person, you can get another one, okay? Connect in their safe and private online environment. Super convenient, way more convenient than actually going to an office somewhere, sitting in the waiting area, 
and talking to someone in person. You can do it. This is great for people that are really busy. This is not just a self-help thing. This is actual professional counseling. You can send a message to your counselor anytime. You get a timely, thoughtful response. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. It's more affordable than the traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. Service is available, by the way, for clients that are worldwide. So all you guys listening all the way around the world, they are there for you. If you are dealing with depression, stress, anxiety, something in your relationship, trouble sleeping, some trauma, are you mad about something, family conflicts, grief, self-esteem, anything like that, BetterHelp has got someone for you. Remember, it is confidential, super convenient, professional, affordable. If you don't believe me, you can go and check out the testimonials posted daily on their website. And remember, please remember, this is not a crisis line. All right, I want you guys to start living a happier life today. As a listener of this show, you get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com gml. Join the over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health again. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash G-M-L. And now back to the show. Okay. He's on the same side as Rob. John is. Oh, yeah. yeah, John is, uh, John is on. Actually, one Manny time. Mota. Mota. <laughs> so, um, what's funny is John was originally, uh, he was on the podcast and he got really busy with life in a bit. And one time we were recording an episode and we started talking about corporate welfare and we ended up having like a fight that night. <laughs> not, not a physical fight, but we had such a disagreement that we had to stop recording the episode over it. And, which was. It was really funny, and the episode never got released because he was so, so opposed to what Charlie and I were saying. But I, I know— And he, here's the thing. We could be wrong. I'm willing yeah. to admit that. Uh, it's it, possible we're wrong. I, as I said, I, I'm completely in the same chair as you would saying, you know what, if you're going to give that tax abatement to Ikea, you should give that tax abatement to every single retail store existing and new that comes into your place. Maybe you will become the retail heaven. You don't even know who'd come out of the woodwork to locate their place there. Give everybody the subsidy or give nobody the subsidy. That's exactly what we agree with. Mm-hmm. Because, okay, so if, when we talk about the, the, the middle class and poor paying for the rich, we're making the assumption that the government has to spend that tax money, right? And so so to me, that's where I think the logic breaks down for me because I'm like, well, we don't have a, a subsidy problem. That's not the actual problem. We have an overpowerful, overspending government problem that needs the taxation, that wants to keep raising it, raising spending and those types of things. That's So if we're going to solve, to me, if we're going to solve the root cause of the actual problem of where this entire uh, corporate welfare narrative comes from, it's actually, I feel like we need to blame the right people. And in blaming the right people, that's government. It's it's not the corporations. And that's actually because corporations issue. are just playing the game. So one side says, well, no, it's big business. Big business is out there, and they're buying off government, and that's how they're getting the special favors there. And then the other side says, no, it's government. Government's too big, et cetera, and so forth. And while they're pointing fingers at each other, both both parties are putting the money in the pocket mm-hmm. because the problem with corporate welfare is the beneficiaries are very few. And the costs are distributed so widely that you don't notice that it's costing you an extra five cents to go subsidize. And we keep using IKEA, so I don't want to pick yeah. that up too much there. But you know, maybe they could assemble, you know, something. If they, you know, if they were to put, if they HCA and a bunch of if they were to put that deal in the subsidy that they would assemble all the furniture, would you then back IKEA getting the subsidies? If, if IKEA could put together anything <laughs> for me, because I'm about as useful with a toolkit as uh, I, I won't even go into a parable there. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I'll tell you where because I know that we agree on the on the principles here, and so I just thought it would be really fun for us to to hash it out. Oh, for by a far, bit. we should and, still continue yeah, on this and, one. So, yeah. and, and so I, th I thought it'd be fun, but I guess what I wanted to say is my my problem with going on the corporate welfare thing is uh, I feel like we're like Charlie said we're blaming the wrong person, and maybe we're not. Maybe we're not saying it's the business's fault uh, when when we talk about things like this. But what I worry about is we are uh, we're we're giving people a a boogeyman, which is really the these corporations getting out of taxes and we're not actually getting down to the root cause of the problem. Instead, it feels like the argument, the solution to the argument, if we were to win the corporate welfare battle, would be that someone who wasn't paying taxes would now have to pay taxes. And I cannot make an argument that started with someone not paying taxes and ended with someone paying taxes. I just, I can't, that's the only reason I can't get on it. I, I think that's why it's your fault, actually, Nate. <laughs> now we can get into a good argument about this, all right? Because there we go. Yeah. you're the one paying the tax. <laughs> and as I said, and, and, and if the tax burden continues to fall to the individual, but again, you know, we just parse it out a little bit at a time here, and you don't know who the person is that's the beneficiary on the other side of that. That's really one of the issues. But uh, like Charlie said earlier, the, the, the tax burden idea does make the assumption one that the government owns the money or the rights to that to that money, whatever percentage they arbitrarily decide, and that they must spend that money. And so, when we say that tax cuts create a, a burden on the people who are paying the taxes, for instance, uh, like the, the the same thing said about Trump tax cuts, obviously that uh, this was going to cause uh, the burden to go on the the middle class or the 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 lower class or whatever. And and I can't. Uh, to me, it's it's still missing the mark, which is that we don't need to be spending the money in the first place. And so, when we don't talk about the the actual root cause of the problem, it's it feels like we're not really uh, we're not having the conversation with people that that we need to be. We're, we're telling them that this is a solution uh, to it, but then we don't actually talk about what the real problem is, which is the taxation itself. And, and I'll, I'll hit that one on a different topic, so we'll get off of Ikea for okay. a second. But we talked about tax increment financing, and I'm going to use my hometown on this one. The, uh, I, I won't uh, give the name of anybody here, but somebody wants to build an affordable housing project in my town. And the project's terrible. I, I, I'll just throw this in. It's a terrible <laughs> project. Like We're going to put in a bunch of one-bedroom units so that young people can come here and live and work in the town. We have four businesses in my town. I, they're, they're not hiring you know, enough people to fill these apartments that are supposedly going to live there. But they want, essentially, to hold the taxes at the current level of property tax, even though the property is going to be improved for X number of years. It's essentially a half-million-dollar subsidy. Well, you could argue if they just bought the property and somebody else is just going to pay the tax level there, but we should be getting an increased level, and it really is money coming out of my pocket because they're going to raise the taxes. We can get into what's the level that the taxes should be all day long, mm -hmm. but the moment they sit there and say, well, you know what, we're, we're going to favor this one taxpayer over another taxpayer, I'm going to get pissed. And that's our concept for this film is, is that the individuals out there, why aren't they pissed? They should be pissed about the level of government spending in the first place, but they should be even more pissed when somebody else is getting favorable treatment compared to them. 
Yes, and I get angry that as well. I am with you in your anger. I will sit here and and be as pissed off as you are because that is legitimately unfair. Charlie and it I is. normally would pound the table three times within this <laughs> entire podcast. We we are, we've completely been. But let me let me let me. Uh, do you like football or basketball better? Uh, I'll go with football. Okay, so let me draw a, com- a, a comparison to football. Okay, so we we've all said that, or we you you know that like. Um, the football is a game, and which is a game of life, right? And and the, and the government's the referee, right? They're just there to enforce the rules, and they also kind of set the rules, like they're the committee and the, and the referee, right? And so, if you have, um, you know, the the Monstars team, you know, they're all six seven or six eight, three hundred pounds, and they can run a four forty. You know, and, and they're, they're good looking like Charlie and they're me. good looking. Yeah. They have all the ladies. OK, <laughs> or men, whichever way they go, doesn't matter. OK, now let's say th- that, that they're playing, um, you know, the John's peewee team. OK, <laughs> and then and then the referees like, well, you know, this just isn't fair. So, um, you know. The, the score shouldn't be 0-0. Zero, zero. It's actually like to make this fair, you know, to take the burden off of the peewee team. The, the Monstars team is, you know, we get, they have to pay their fair share of taxes, and it's, they need to start at negative 49 points. So to me, then that's like, well, now we're – instead of actually saying, well, the real answer to that scenario would be that – we should let the play game the game play out and we shouldn't be awarding or taking away points from anyone right um i will argue that the monsters are actually getting plus 49 to start the game and that's the real issue i'm so glad well, we on the picked, money line they are yeah well, so, so, <laughs> I, I, well i'm glad we picked the football though because we all know that you know basketball essentially is just pro wrestling and that the referees really are in charge of what the outcome is <laughs> yeah, in the game yeah. so it, 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 your football analogy though i think as i said what's happening is is if you start zero zero and let's agree that the monsters are going to go crush them anyway why, why am I going to give the Monstars another seven points or another 14 points? Um, and where's that 14 points coming from? Even if I can make it appear magically out of anywhere, why would I give it to the team that doesn't need any advantage whatsoever? <laughs> and I think that that's a component of the corporate welfare thing is as well because the Monstars have, you know, they got the best reputation. They bring in the most TV revenue. There's, or, so we're going to treat them better than the Pee Wees. And so part of that, this is another, let's say we were going to be city planners. Mm-hmm. Let's just say that we were going to be planners. And we were going to organize our property and make sure that we had the best economy possible. No, I don't want to be a planner. So I, I don't want to do that. But if you were trying to get the best, the the best possible economics for your for your city and you were going to incentivize someone to come onto a piece of that property and you needed to do this and make sure that you had good revenue coming in for for a long period of time or at least they were bringing a lot of jobs um would it be better to incentivize a company that was already well-established, uh, that already had a really good reputation, really good branding, that you knew wasn't going to come in and then go out of business right afterwards and you would, be, you would be stuck trying to get rid of your property again versus going for John's mom-and-pop shop? I'm saying if you put yourself in the mindset of that city planner, would it be better to incentivize people who already have that reputation and the branding 
over someone who has a brand new company and you have no idea what's going to happen. I'm a city planner. Oh, yeah. yeah. So yeah, first yeah. of all, you know, so I've got to be a communist to begin with. Yes, so I'm glad yes. we start with that. That's <laughs> going to be the, the mindset <laughs> of communism. Start with the communism mindset right there. Yeah. <laughs> Which am I going to try to do in terms of attracting stuff here to make sure that I have a stable base is what you're talking about mm -hmm. for my economy there. And I, I get back to, I, I find the concept of, oh, I should pick this established business because, you know, uh, you know, for the long run, for my own benefit, by the way, I'll look like the hero because these people are going to be in town for the longest time. Mm -hmm. That said, I really don't have a clue whether or not the established business comes in and says two years later, geez, we're not making it here. You know, you gave us that break that first time. We can pack up and move somewhere else and go, go somewhere because they're going to give us a better deal over in that thing here. And I think you get in that mindset and I don't think you can ever win on that call. And so for me, it's a matter of uh, and again, I'm going to go back to my hometown here because this okay. is a really funny story because now that I've told you about the subsidy mm -hmm. that they want to give away for a tip, we had a gas station in town. It was just sat empty for three years, dilapidated, and it was the entryway to the town. And a guy bought the building and says, I'm going to turn this into essentially a home improvement store. And it was going to look beautiful. And the town made him jump through hoops because it wasn't part of the planning process. That mm -hmm. wasn't what that building was supposed to be for. And I think once you start even on that side to say, well, I'm, I'm the town planner. I'm going to tell you what to do and what you can't do around here. As it turns out, it's a wonderful, beautiful business. It's doing great. And the town planner still doesn't like it. <laughs> but he was the mom and pop business that literally says, I think I can do something with that place there. Really? Uh, uh, He's bringing in food trucks. I mean, there's all sorts of business that's actually going and glomming around this place that was never even part of the plan because as an entrepreneur, the mom and pop person, he's trying to just think of ways he can generate more stuff. So, The uh, the other thing I wanted to ask about was, uh, so a really big one, farm subsidies. Yeah. Okay, that's, a, that's obviously a massive one. Now, I, I don't know if we talked about this before, but I've come from a family farm. That's what I, what I grew up on. They've been farming since uh, I don't over a hundred years now. But they've been we were for farm equipment dealers. In oh, my family. Really, yes. really, mm -hmm. that's awesome. Yeah, which which kind of equipment? Uh, Oliver. We had okay. Holland. We had uh, we had white tractors. Yeah. We didn't have John Deere, which is why we no longer have the business. So. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> well, see, my family is very anti John Deere. They don't like John mm. Deere. Everything's case. Every, everything's uh, case everywhere. But. Uh, uh, anyway, okay, so uh, I I knew a lot about what <laughs> what kind of farm subsidies there are out there, and I, and and now I don't agree with the actual farm subsidies uh, in the way that, in the way that they do that, except for in the case where I don't want anyone to be paying any taxes, so I really like that. But then they also do other things in in that market, like a uh, zero percent loans for farm equipment, which I think is. Uh, completely made the price of the farm equipment go exponential because everyone can get no interest loans mm -hmm. to buy all of it. Uh, but that's not what we're talking about right mm -hmm. now. <laughs> but, yeah. And so that's been going on. How do you unwind something like the farm subsidies? Because just say ethanol is such a major part of the economy and it touches everyone's lives and you start unwinding those subsidies now. So we could just agree that they need to be gone. How do you do that without uh, really harming everyone at that I would, point? I would actually be happy with a 20 or 25 year plan on that one, sincerely, yeah. because you're right, they've got the investment into the equipment, they've got all of the stuff planned out with regards to that there. And if you just said, you know what, we're, we're taking and we're gonna cut this thing in 25 pieces, and at the end of 25 years, there is no more subsidy for that. You know that they'll go figure out what's the most valuable crop for them to be farming from there. Yeah. As I said, to me, that's one of those classic no-brainers. But you know, if we sit there and say, oh, we 
we've got to take this one on today. We've got to end this thing today. You're never going to have any political will for that anyway. Uh, no, okay. and, and, and it would actually be kind of bad for the economy if you did it rapidly because the, everyone's just used to it now. The prices have adjusted to it. As I said, you've got your yeah. expectations. You've made long-term investments in equipment, et cetera, because of that there. And I think you've got to get that payoff out of the equipment because that's what the government essentially, in, as I said, you subsidize something, you're going to get more of it. Mm -hmm. All right. Rob, I have one more analogy for you. Yeah. <laughs> let me see. Let me see if this will turn you. Okay. I don't think it's gonna happen. All right. You're you're an Rob is an innocent man. Okay. You're living in your town, just enjoying life, and you're innocent. But your town, because they have taxation, you and all your neighbors. Well, you're in a prison. Okay. Everybody's in a cell, right? Because that's what taxation really is, right? It, it locks mm -hmm. you down. You got to pay your property tax. Like, just imagine each tax you pay is a bar coming down. <laughs> so you're stuck in prison. Yeah. Okay. And then your town was, they called up Jeff Bezos, like, hey, if you put Amazon here, we won't put you in jail. Like, you can come live here. You won't be in jail. But you can put Amazon here. And just like, oh, so that's, that's great. I would love to do that. Now, is that unfair? Yes. Completely unfair. And everyone in the town's mad because Jeff Bezos walking around. He's not in jail like everyone else is. Is the answer, Jeff, he's completely innocent too, by the way. Hasn't done anything wrong in this scenario. Of course, I'd take advantage that. of freedom if I could also. So nice. is the answer to ar argue that the government needs to put him in prison like everyone else? Or is it, should the answer be that we need to figure out how to get everyone else out of prison? Jeff, we're going to bring you to our town. This is I'm going to mirror this one back to you. I'm going to bring you to my town here. You can be the free guy in town because you're going to generate revenue in this town. Is that is that the is that the the, the bargain, if you will? No, you just yeah, he's coming to town. He's is he's is, is, is it's just because it's Jeff and his name's Jeff? Because because I'll give it. He's not Jeff Bezos. He's he's he's, he's it could he, be Jeff Bezos. Yeah, I was going to say it's you know it's it's, it's, it's Jeff John. All right, yeah, it's right. Jeff John. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just any one person coming into that town. And they say you can be free. Yes. Um, what was the purpose and rationale behind making Jeff the free person? That, that I, I'm, I'm missing that part. They just decided that, uh -huh. hey, you're free. You, you don't have to pay the taxes. We're not going to charge you property tax. We're not going to do any of those things to you Yeah. because we love you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, completely unfair. I get it. Uh-huh, yeah. But, but what he's saying is the answer, the solution that we is that we need to make the argument that he needs to be put in prison. Because I don't think he's going to come to town, though, if he knows he's just going to go be put in prison. I, 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 so I'm trying to, I'm going to, I'm trying to make the analogy a better analogy, by the way. But all the I, towns yeah. are like this. So every town is every like town everybody's is like in this. prison because we're yeah. all in prison here. Yes, we're all paying and taxes. One guy, because of a vote of. I'll, I'll use I'll use Bill Cosby instead okay. of him. All right, I, okay. I'm going to use Bill Cosby because right, I, right. I think this is a better analogy, honestly. All right, right? All right. So Bill was in prison, and Bill gets out of prison. Nobody really wants Bill in their town. <laughs> That's right. Because of what Bill has done in his past life, which is tell bad jokes and sell Jello pudding, right? So so uh, <laughs> so should somebody have to? So should the entire town get together essentially and pay to send Bill out of town? I don't think I don't I wouldn't want them to do that either. I wouldn't. Yeah, I yeah. Wouldn't want to obviously do. wouldn't. But see, that would that, that's to, now we got this voluntary component here where everybody's actually saying, you know, I, I will even take less freedom. Give me give me less of my, of the my my ration of meat that I'm going to have today. We'll sell off that ration of meat and we'll pay to get Bill out of my town over here. Yeah. And I, as I'm looking at that scenario, because if the scenario is, hey, listen, we're all in prison. 
But we really like, and I'm going to use Nate and Charlie. I really like Nate and Charlie. I would love it if Nate and Charlie got the heck out of Nashville and moved next door to my house. <laughs> and if we could take up a collection, those guys could just live next to my house and not have to pay any money whatsoever. I'd, I'd go, I'd leave that charge. I really would. Even if it meant that I had to pay for that myself. If I really liked those guys and my whole town liked you guys. They said, yes, we're willing to do that. I, 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 uh, so from that perspective, if, if they said, we, we want one person to be free while the rest of us are in jail, and the people are willing to pay for that, my whole point on this corporate welfare is, is that the people really don't want to pay for this stuff, but they don't know that they're paying for it. And in your, your analogy there, as I said, I think the people are making that conscious decision. We would like to pay for this. It's going to cost us more, but if we're going to give this benefit, we would like to pay for that benefit. So, I would hope it's unanimous, by the way. I would hope it's not just a majority yeah, decision, mm, that it's a yeah. unanimous decision that, uh, that, as I said, you know, 75 people in prison says, we're, we're going to let Jeff free because we like Jeff here. I, I, I think that's an okay decision because they've all voluntarily done that. And, and I what guess if they, they all voluntarily decided to put Jeff in prison so that it was all equal? Bezos should go to prison like just because all, of that. I, but he, in this scenario, he's completely innocent. Yeah, he's completely That innocent. way we're all equally in prison. Right. Mm -hmm. Maybe we should have that, used Jeff Bezos. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's, I think that's that where was this actually whole the thing problem with John. Yeah. Jeff John. Jeff John. Jeff is John. Yeah. Uh, no, okay, so aside from the this disagreements is the deepest on philosophical it. discussion that's happened on Good Morning Liberty in 497 episodes. There's four or five that are actually better than this. Except for the ones where we were hammered drunk. I'll, yeah. tell, I'll tell you that. Uh, those were very deep and yeah. so terrible they couldn't be released. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you that. Um, so aside from the differences, what I would like to know is how solving this problem, first tell me what the solution to this problem looks like and how that would actually make the lives better for everyone. Because I, I need you to get me on board with this, man. I, I appreciate yeah. that there. I, I think the first thing is just awareness. I think people do not know that literally that they're subsidized and that it is coming out of their pocket. And again, argue all we want between us here. We all agree on the level of proper level of government in terms of what government spending yeah. ought to be. But most people out there really have no clue that they are actually paying for this because it's pennies out of their pocket while somebody else is getting hundreds of thousands of dollars. And how's that person getting the money? Essentially, if I were a business person and I I could spend $10 on lobbying and get uh, $100 back. I'd do that all day long because it's a great return on investment. But who's paying for it? And, and I think that's the real issue there. Again, for me, building awareness has got to be number one of people just knowing that this is an issue. Because until they think that they can do something about it, uh, it's going to continue to go on. It's going to continue to grow. And the size and the spending is going to continue to grow. Who are we kidding? Let me hit you with one more old, <laughs> yeah. old school phrase. Yeah. Okay? This is, this is really taken back, okay? Don't hate the player, hate the game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. Look, Tom Brady might have deflated a ball or two. It doesn't mean football's a bad yeah. sport, right? And I tech, I capitalism's like that. That's my whole point about capitalism. Also, is most of the players, in terms of who benefits from corporate welfare, it, it mostly benefits bigger corporations that can afford to pay the lobbyists to get that return on investment. All right. If I own that mom and pop business versus the large company there. I, I, I can't afford to go out and get that. And it's not even in my 
best interest to get that. It's um, almost like a new achievement that you unlock after you become mm -hmm. successful enough. It, right. You know, you, you become big enough and maybe you can uh, buy enough in bulk that you can lower your prices and you can you can be more competitive and some people go out of business and then you make a little bit more and you can expand and keep getting bigger and bigger. You keep unlocking these levels and eventually you get big enough that you expand into the level where you can actually get the government to stop taxing you. Right. And and so that that's really it's like achievement unlocked at the at that mm -hmm. time. No more taxes. Oh, did See, I, I forget I to mention by the way the person in my town that wants to tiff is actually uh, a part of the richest family in the entire town. Really? And as I said, and that's I think the thing that might even gnaw on some people is it's not, you know, we're getting the uh, uh, oh my gosh, they don't want affordable housing in this town. No, we just don't want to give somebody a tax break that probably doesn't need the tax break. Yeah. Right. Okay, let me ask you this question. Mm -hmm. Did you re did you see recently that Peter Thiel has an IRA account yes. that he started with $2,000. It's ballooned up to $5 billion because mm -hmm. he's made some, some good trades or investments yep. or whatever. Perfectly timed trades. Perfectly timed. <laughs> 0.1 cent basis on his stock that he okay. put into the IRA. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Okay, so, and, and now do you think that that's unfair? That he should, that he's subsidizing the rest of the American taxpayers because... He, they're subsidizing him. Or they're subsidizing yeah. him, and he's not paying tax on that $5 billion because he played by the IRA rules, and then we should we should take some of Peter Thiel's $5 billion because the rest of the American taxpayers are, are paying into the coffers, and we have to spend that money. Should we take Peter Thiel's money? I was going to use almost that exact same phrase. You know, he's going to have to spend that money at some point. And I think Peter Thiel is going to be able to spend that money better than any government bureaucrat. Mm -hmm. Just my own opinion, So we shouldn't by the way. take it. I, we, we should not take it. And the, uh, um, the film, by the way, it's, it has a, a sister publication. There's a book out called uh, Welfare for the Rich by Phil uh, um, Harvey and Lisa Conyers. Uh, and so I do want to give them a plug on this one here. Because in their book, they talk about the charitable tax deduction. And they say, obviously, this is also, I wouldn't call it corporate welfare. This is more like welfare for the rich. You know, who takes the charitable deduction? Somebody who's rich enough to be able to write checks to charities. And I, of course, run a nonprofit, and I'm the beneficiary of this here. <laughs> so I'm, I, I'm not an, a disinterested party with regards to this question. But I think the, uh, the point that they make in the book is I would rather have somebody actually write the check to the charity than just give that money to the government because the person writing the check to the charity has to go ahead and do the work and figure out how they, how they want to spend that money, how they think that money is going to do the best amount of good. Even if they're completely wrong, they'll pay the consequence for giving the money if they were completely wrong. And they'll, more than likely, whoever you give it to is going to do a better job than the government spending the money. Almost always. And if they continuously do a terrible job, then eventually they won't be able to get people's money anymore. As I said, somebody could abscond with the funds. He might give somebody a billion dollars and they could go abscond with the funds and go to New Zealand and start themselves a new country somewhere. I, I don't know what, but as I said, so he could get burned giving away his $5 billion IRA. But at some point he has to give that away. And whether he's giving it to his family, giving it to somebody else there, I think Peter makes a better decision than just handing it to a bunch of government bureaucrats. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't. <laughs> you see, we just, we want Once again, we're back to the love fest. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> we want everyone to be out of the taxation prison. And so I, I just, it's that hump I can't get over, which is when I see someone not paying taxes, I'm like, good for you, man. It's like I'm in, I'm on the other side of the gate and I just saw someone pay off the guard and the guard let him go. And, and I'm like, good for you, man. 
I'm not going to argue that, that they need to chase after you and bring you back in. Maybe they're going to beat me a little bit more now that you're gone. <laughs> but it, wasn't, it wasn't right for you to be in here either, and yeah. I'm happy for you. That's how I feel the, when the, I see the it. The prison analogy is a good analogy, by the way. We're, we're going to have to work on that one. I can't wait. I'm going to be in Nashville in September, so okay. I'm, I'm already yes. planning my okay. next visit. Very nice. And the film will be out on television by then. So, so as I said, we'll have even more. It'll be part two of this yeah. deep philosophical And also, I, I want to say whether you agree or disagree, you should watch the film. Yeah. Um, as as I haven't watched all of it, Nate did. I watched the whole thing knowing I that I was going to be in disagreement for a while. while I haven't I had that chance, yeah. but I think you should still watch it. And then the greatest thing about liberty and freedom is you can draw your own conclusions. With Rob and John could be completely right. Nate and Charlie could be completely wrong or could be reversed. Probably. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> he said probably. <laughs> but, but the cool thing about this is, is you're bringing light to the situation because a lot of people don't know. I mean, every single stadium in your town, by the way, paid for with taxpayer money, usually. Um, and, and that's actually where you see the government actually give away money, like an actual check, mm -hmm. which I, I don't agree with that at all. 100% against that. But they also get they they get the actual check and then they get, you know, the tax breaks and all that. So me to me the government handing over the check is actual. That's like that's an actual subsidy. That's an actual transfer of wealth. Like I took from Nate and the rest of the town and I handed it to Bud Adams. He's no longer with us, but he was the owner of the Titans. Right. I don't remember. So so I and as I said, I draw the line probably as you guys would also. You know, if if your state says we have no income tax, we have no sales tax, and that's what your draw is, I don't mind the compensation between the states or even the municipalities as long as they set up one system and they say this is the system it's a level playing field for anybody in terms of that classic equal opportunity if you will never going to guarantee the equal results but let's at least say here's the playing field as soon as they step over and say and we're really going to subsidize our dairy farmers around here. We're going to make sure that the dairy farmers, because they bring in the tourists, because people want to look at cows. I, you know, I, it's, <laughs> as soon as you yeah. start to make that decision, then suddenly it's a bureaucrat that's made the decision. And it might be great for the town. Maybe people do like to see cows. I know I do. In my family, we go on vacation just to see cows. Buffalo here, by the way, instead of cows. But I mean, it's kind of the same concept, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I, I, as I said, as soon as somebody who's a bureaucrat is making that decision, most of the people don't realize it's coming out of their pocket. God, and I can totally understand how you feel. I, like, I could feel that. I can mm -hmm. feel the frustration, and I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. I just, the mechanism of solving the problem, I think is my, that might be where we disagree. But, you know, I hear there's a great state that doesn't charge uh, corporate income tax. There's no state income tax, and they run everything. I found out this out last, last night, I think. Mm -hmm. yeah. Off a four and a half cent sales tax. Isn't that wonderful? That's South That's Dakota. If, if more people had discovered South Dakota before it's, this, it's South yeah. Dakota, and they probably have a bunch higher of, taxes. They, <laughs> they, 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 they might even get another electoral vote. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, a bunch of businesses and stuff are moving here, though. From, from yeah. what I hear. Mm -hmm. now, what I was going to say is that a really good thing about the documentary, by the way, that was uh, even if we, whatever we disagree, some people are learning that the government is involved in all of this. Yeah. Yes. And that is a really big thing that people and need to know. And there's a lot of corruption. Yeah, whether or not they agree or disagree on it, maybe they didn't know how big of a hand they had in the farming industry or in the oil industry in Louisiana, mm -hmm. as you talked about in the documentary also. And and that's when I was going to say, in my commie city planner hat, if I had that on, I wouldn't agree
agree with doing that for the oil companies because they don't have anywhere else to go. So I don't need to incentivize them to come there. Theoretically, <laughs> I mean, as I said, they would they would move more operations somewhere else yeah, if they got yeah. the subsidy. But the, the concept there was is that, yeah, people became aware of the topic. And as I said, I think that's just the first step there. Build the awareness. Uh, again, I'm not an activist per se, mm-hmm. but this is, this is one where I think people can get behind this and say, yeah, I'd like to do something in my hometown about this. And I, I want to point out, though, it's an unholy alliance. You know, we can point, libertarians like to point the finger and say it's because of government, the size of government there. And if they didn't have so much power here, well, there's rent-seeking behavior on the businesses also. Mm. And if all the businesses said, we're not going to pay you, we're not going to play the game, I, I, I wonder what would happen there. But somebody, of course, will maximize their long-term value by going ahead and playing the game. There's something that we said on one of our very, this is like episode two or three, we said this, so the, the very, very early on. Um, it was released. It's okay. on one of the episodes. But one thing that scares me is that if there's one thing you can get the left and the right and even some libertarians to agree on, it's a hatred for business and a hatred for corporations. And, I mean, really, you can talk to people on both sides and you guys can just all hate on the productive side of the economy mm-hmm. as, as, mu- as much as possible. And that's one thing that's, that scares me about it is that it's, it's, you just said it's an unholy alliance. And, and that it's, it is easy to get people to look look at the business and say that they're doing something wrong. And, and of course, you know where we are on it. This is the government's fault. Okay. <laughs> like Charlie said, mm-hmm. don't hate the player, hate the game. Yep. And they're the ones well, that set up uh-huh. this stupid game in the first place. That's why I call it corporate welfare, because it yeah. comes from government. You but can't you, have it without government as a player. But you know, either way, the town folk are going to pay for it. Yeah. You want to <laughs> know why? Because if they don't get the tax breaks, they can't lower their price. They're just going to include the taxes in the price of their product or service. That you know, corporations don't pay taxes. They don't, so it doesn't matter what you charge them. That is a wonderful it's statement. Just going that to reflect. Most people never have a con. If char- I repeat that again, because I think that's an important statement for any corporations to know. or businesses in general don't pay taxes. It always goes back to the customer. The mm-hmm. customer is yes. always going to pay it. Always. Mm-hmm. That's and in fact. In fact, what what I what I get people to realize this is like when you look at your airline receipt, you know. So remember, they they passed this 9/11 security fee and all this, and the airlines were going to pay for it. No, 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 no. You look at your airline receipt. The government-imposed fees are included on your receipt, and they actually itemize them out for you. I, I was just using they the same example, actually, of Boeing does not pay a tax. Boeing sells an airplane to American Airlines, and American Airlines pays them. But how does American Airlines get paid? By selling tickets to the customers. The customer's always paying. So Boeing's not paying a corporate tax. Neither is American Airlines. It's you and me. Yep, that's right. Absolutely. Rob? I am so glad that we got to meet you in person. What a high note to end and, on. And, 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 and I don't mean any illegal <laughs> comp, comp yeah. score. <laughs> we are in South Dakota, so be careful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I hate that the first time that we had to meet up, we had to fight so much about, uh, about all of our disagreements. You well, know? I'm going to sharpen my arguments now that I know that I'm going to get ambushed the next time yeah. I come onto the air. We, we I'm, gonna, I'm just going to pick on podcast number 412. I'm I'm going to go back to the oh, archives no. for years and tell yeah. you where you were wrong. There we go. Oh, gosh. <laughs> there we go. Uh, I'm so, we're <laughs> either.
Either way, everyone should watch this documentary. Thank you. Like Charlie said, it was it was really good. It was uh, it kept me engaged the entire time. So it wasn't entertaining. It was uh, a lot of new knowledge, actually, a lot of things that I hadn't heard of before. And where can they go to find that? So uh, you'll be able to find it. It's going to be released on streaming on our website, freetochoosenetwork.org, August 28th. So you can actually see it on our website before you can see it on public television, although a public television station is free to program it on that same day as we're going to release it to the public. That's awesome. Update, how did the Thomas Sowell document, how's it going? 3.8 3.8 million views and counting on YouTube alone. And the best part about the Tom Soul documentary is that uh, the YouTube algorithm apparently doesn't know who we are. And it wants to make money because they're capitalist also. So they say, maybe you'd be interested in this next video. It's the Walter Williams biography. Very good. Maybe you'd be interested in this next one. It's the Milton Friedman biography. Nice. So we have achieved over a million views on those two biographies as a result of the Tom Soul biography. That's amazing. I love that. I so love that. That's another one. If you haven't watched well, that, make sure you watch it. The Corporate Welfare is coming out August 28th. And then uh, what else is on the horizon? Um, uh, as I said, I was going to save this one for September when I see you guys there. <laughs> okay. But okay. Uh, we will, uh, I'll give you the sneak preview. Judge Douglas Ginsburg, who was the host of our three hour series on the U.S. Constitution called A More or Less Perfect Union, has filmed two minute responses to each of the 100 questions on the U.S. citizenship test to explain to people why each question is important. So not only can it be used in high school, school civics classes, but immigrants studying for the naturalization test for U.S. citizenship now have a video-based study guide. That's awesome. can't wait to release that. That's going to come out September 17th on Constitution Day. That's awesome. That's amazing. I love it. Rob, it's a pleasure as always. And... uh, Forgot to tell you to bring the boxing gloves instead of the guitar. We should have had the still. It would have been okay there. Well, if people, when you watch the video afterwards, you'd be like, Rob weaves and bobs. Oh, he knew it, there was a punch coming there somewhere. But that's, uh, yeah, it's not just ADD, folks. All right. Yeah. Well, Rob, thank you so much. Pleasure as always. And, uh, you know, look forward to hanging out with you all weekend. Awesome. Take care, guys. All right, take care. All right. So are you frustrated with the media? Are you tired of being fed the same news stories over and over again? One of the reasons we started this podcast is to give you a more well-rounded perspective on important issues. That's very true. That is true. So our partners at Ground News are working to do the same. And boy, they are. It's really cool, actually. Yeah, Ground News. Just so you guys know, this is a really cool app. I've got it on my phone. I've been using it for getting show notes for the show. We found out about this a little bit ago, and I'm really excited that we get to tell you about it now. But it's an app that lets you compare how a single news story is being covered across the entire political spectrum, okay? This is not just a news aggregator. It's a tool with tons of easy-to-use features that help you analyze the news so you can be confident you're getting the whole story. Unlike social media and other news apps, Ground News doesn't use your browsing history to manipulate your news feed. Their blind spot feature shows you stories that are underreported by both the left and the right. So it's this really cool app that we're going to ask you to go to through our link, that when you look at a story, it shows you how much it's being covered by right-leaning news sites, how much it's being covered by left-leaning news sites, is it being covered by both of them pretty equally, and it shows you what the bias is overall, so you know what kind of bias you're getting from each one of these news organizations. It's a really cool app. And you can pick up keywords like rare. Mm Mm-hmm, rare. All right, so if you're the kind of person who's open to seeing multiple perspectives on controversial issues, then Ground News is for you. Check out Ground News by visiting ground.news slash gml. That's ground.news slash gml, or click the link in the description to download the free app. 